When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's Espo, that's Saul. Girl will be joining us a little bit later. We can take these sacks tonight, you guys, because the Phoenix Suns took down the Miami Heat. 113-97. Shout out to Grace Allen. All in and Grayson, baby! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we have to start this show talking about Grayson Allen because... We said in the pregame show with all of the injuries that we had to deal with today with Katie being out, Eric Gordon being out, Nasir Little being out, somebody had to step up and be that other guy, not named Evan Booker or Bradley Beal, and come to play. And Grayson Allen did just that. He did. He, start, hey, he started off saying, like, big three. What big fucking three? He's I'm, like, the, I'm big three. the big three. He's <laughs> like, I'm him. Just like we thought, the Kevin Durant replacement is Grayson Allen. He's leading all scorers tonight. I mean, that, that was one of my favorite performances I've seen in a while. It was just fun to watch him go off for those seven threes in that first game. He's He's led the Suns in scoring two out of the last, I think, four or five games, one of those two. Um, Grayson Allen does not – just needs to stop deferring. He just needs yeah. to shoot. He just needs to keep shooting. The, the days of Grayson Allen taking four to seven shots in a game need to fucking go away because he's just as good a shooter as anybody else out there on the court. He's he's a good facilitator. He makes smart choices, and he can shoot the three like nobody else. Let's go, Grayson Allen. Give him the ball. Well, we talked about it on the watch-along, but you and Flex had said Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon need to combine for at least 20 shots in a game, and I joked, oh, well, without Eric Gordon out there, you think Grayson will get 20. He had 19 shots. <laughs> yeah. in he, was like, he had 19 attempts, hit 11 of them. It was pretty great. Yeah, and this is the third time, I believe, this season that Grayson Allen has had seven or more threes in a game. Uh, he tied his career high of eight threes midway through the third quarter, and that, like, yeah, like I said, that's the third time this season. Um Actually, it's eight threes, not it's seven eight. threes. It's yes. the third time this season that he's at eight threes. Mm-hmm. And then he, shot, he tied. I'm not. Uh, but you I just, tried. I tried, I but I, mean. I didn't. Then he ties the single game record for the Suns, which is nine made threes with two minutes and 22 seconds left in the game. 
Then they took him out for a little bit, which I'm like, just let him finish the game and just give him the ball only. Only let Grayson shoot. I'm irritated with Devin Booker and I'm, I'm irritated with, with Yusuf Nurkic because in the third quarter, there were two opportunities to get him the ball wide open and they just, meh. Yeah. They opted look, for other plays and they didn't work out. Look, I don't I don't blame Devin. I think he saw a white guy in the corner when he <laughs> threw it to Drew Eubanks thinking. No, no, no. Early in the Grayson third Allen. quarter. Oh, in when the he third. threw the lob, that, gotcha. guy, that, guy, that guy intercepted. That's oh, true. yeah, to KBD? Yeah. yeah. No, like, that what, that's not the play. The He's Eubanks, wide open right there. The Eubanks one works at least because he made it. Yeah. Right, yeah. but the one that you're talking about, Saul, in the third quarter, it was like, "What are you doing? Yeah. He's wide yeah. open, and he's hot. Yeah, why would you look 100%. him off?" Right. I was majorly bummed at that so, one. So he ties the Suns' all-time record for single games in a three or yes. th- single threes in a game. Uh, do you know who the only guy to do it in a loss was? You're gonna like this one, Saul. So, oh, Landry Sharon. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was like, but, is. <laughs> The the guys who have done it in a game, Grayson Allen now, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, Aaron Baines, Channing Fry, and Jason Richardson. Okay. You're damn right, Ted. You're damn right. I did. I absolutely you read did. Comment. Said Saul wanted Grayson to hit the tenth to erase Shamit from the record book. <laughs> <laughs> so Grayson is has now three of the top eight. Best three-point shooting performances by a son in a single game. How many games have yeah. we played so far? What are these? How many have we played so far? A little over 30. That's pretty I good. No I don't know what the stats are, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Honestly, I mean, it was a great game by Grayson Allen. I am super bummed that he didn't get that record for himself. But what he can hang his hat on tonight is that he is our big, bright, shiny star. Big, bright, shining star. He finished with 31 points, four assists. He was 9 of 14 from deep. We don't need to put the shades on him. Shout out to Grayson Makes him look like a narc. He was too bright. He had to have him on. The reds just burn. He's the sun. He's too hot. He's too hot to handle. He was so hot that Damian Lee, during the post-game interview, decided he had to douse him with water bottles. It was great. That was, was cute, though. It was. That was cute. I love it. They're having fun. Yeah. All right, we do have a couple super chats here that I want to get to because a lot of them are about Grayson Allen. Psycho Blue sent us one. Thank you, Psycho Blue. They said, Basketball Cthulhu is pleased with Judah Shuttlesworth. The referees are unjust against our seven-foot acolytes, and Kellen Olsen is on a curse watch for his Beal tweet. Um, I think that was probably about the limp for Bradley Beal. Is that Mm. what he's talking about? I'd imagine so. I'm guessing that's what that one's about. Uh, Trevor sent us one. Thank you, Trevor. They say, yeah, Grayson not getting traded. He's been money. Yes. That yes. or his trade value has never been higher. Yeah. It I'm could be. <laughs> I mean, listen, it could go one of two ways and either one wouldn't surprise me. Like I, Grayson is so good for this team, but he's also super valuable. Mm-hmm. So I would get both sides. Uh, Alfred, it sucks. Alfredo Alcala said Grayson went from most punchable white guy to most lovable and reliable big three. <laughs> and let me say this. At the very beginning of the season, I said that Grayson was going to win a lot of people over because he's a good player. It's just mm-hmm. the, the stupid little antics and the cheap shots that he was taking at guys throughout his career. Uh, it, it labeled him as, as, as a bad guy, basically. But if he's on your team, you're going to love him. And sure enough, 
enough, look at every single person out there that was like, oh, I wish I could go back to that day when we <laughs> traded for Grayson Allen and screenshotted all the hate that my man was getting. Didn't but deserve it. To his, to his credit, though, he talked about how he's matured, right? He did. And we haven't seen any of those antics this year. We have not. So not I, I give him credit. And oh, I think coming. it's fair to feel that way because the reputation that he came in with was not a good one. No, look. So I get it. It's, no, I'm I, not blaming anybody for that. I, I blame them because he's our asshole. The second he gets in a son's uniform, I don't care what he's done. He's our asshole now. You're a liar. You, I don't think you would feel the same way about like a Pat Bev yes, or I a Draymond. He'd be our, they'd be our uh, ass. I don't think you would. Draymond might be a little bit. Maybe not Draymond at this yeah. point. Because, you know, you don't know what Draymond's doing behind the scenes, punching dudes and shit. Right. Uh, by the way, Lucky Dab asks, uh, Espo, uh, you're the uniform goat. What shoes did Book have on today? It looked like a new colorway. No, it was the orange colorway of the book one that was one of the first ones that we got priscilla i take offense to that i that is not the only player i've been right on i've been on the beal train too it's just everybody keeps doubting him because he's always hurt but beal i said was gonna be phenomenal and he was you gotta read the comments Saul. grayson Grayson is the only player Saul has been right about all season yeah (laughs) you've been on the beal train but he's been in the infirmary on that train for most of the year so Okay. Well, but he's good when he's out there. Before we talk about Beal, I do want to talk a little bit more about Grace and Allen. There's two comments in the chat that um, I want to specifically highlight. Bobby said, I know tonight was about his threes, but his defense is what puts him over the top. I did not expect to like him so much. And then we got another one from Jose, and they said, his defense has gotten better as well. He has a high IQ. And I think that's something that's we can't overlook with Grayson Allen. Is he the best defender? No, of course not. But he's solid and he puts in effort majority of the time. And I think that's something that's really important too. When you look at what he's capable of doing offensively, he's no chump defensively either. No, I'd argue he's the hardest working guy out there on defense. You know, putting forth the most effort in terms of effort compared to to skill. And defense is so much about effort and energy, and Grayson has done such a great job uh, of putting that in this year. So it does make it a lot easier to root for him because you were told, oh, you know, could he be, is he going to be the best defender you have? No, but he's gone out there and he's worked his ass off, and I appreciate that. I mean, he's he's a good defender. He's a good defender. He's not a great defender. He's not an elite defender. He's a good defender. Um, And he's a good defender because he he understands where he needs to be most of the time. Um, now one-on-one, you know, like guys are going to get the best of them from time to time for sure. But in terms of the team concept and chemistry and making sure that you're in position all the time, Grayson is usually always where he's supposed to be, which is good. And that's what keeps him on the floor because on the offensive side, when he gets his opportunities, he comes through. So again, uh, Grayson is, I mean, for as much shrapnel as JJ gets, um, on a lot of these deals and stuff like that. Grayson, getting Grayson Allen is proving to be one of the most shrewd moves of any move this offseason by an executive because Grayson Allen has by far been, I mean, you could argue Grayson Allen has been the most important player not outside outside of the big three this season. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Maybe a, Nurk. Yeah, I, but even he hasn't been as consistent as Grayson. Yeah, but I don't. I suppose. Well, I don't know. The highs have been. They both have stretches.
stretches. And then they both had a couple games where it's like, where, where'd you go? True, but the, the difference is... I think is, you could make an argument for both. The, the difference is, is with Grayson, uh, he does so many things at a, at, a, at, a, at a really good, great level that there's not really a drop-off in terms of what you're going to get. Like, he doesn't, he hasn't had a game where he turns the ball over five or six times, right? He hasn't had a game where he's fouled out. He hasn't had a game where he's just played sloppy basketball. He might not have gotten as much shots as the other guys, but he has played fairly well in just about every single game. So that's why I would I would say that about him. I, I think his highs have been higher than yes. yeah, oh, right? yeah, by yeah. far. Yeah. I mean, they both well, had some except for that um, Nuggets game. That was pretty impressive for Nuggets. Yeah, but I, I but still he's, think but Grayson has had multiple. Yeah, so. I, I feel like they both had some inconsistent moments where they they don't have as big a games. But Grayson's highs have been much higher. I was shocked. I just realized this. Uh, not only did he have the 31 points, four rebounds, four assists, he had two blocks, mm-hmm. which is uh, it speaks again to that hustle right. on the defensive end tonight. I, I I had so much fun, but again, stupid plus minus. He was only a plus 13. He was the worst of the starters. Well, I trade him. Pl- I hate trade plus him. minus. Get him off they, our I team. Mean, this is the, this is the way you handle plus minus. Would they have won without him? No, <laughs> not tonight. They wouldn't. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, listen. Plus, plus minus is the most useless stat in the history of sports. We definitely <laughs> would have lost without Grayson Allen tonight. So I'm very glad for what he did. Shout out to him for being our big, bright, shiny star. And shout out to our friends over at Desert Financial Credit Union because they want to hook us up with 200 bucks, you guys. Uh, for more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union. And they are dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make lives better. And they want to make your life better by giving you $200. When you open a free checking account online, you will get those $200 in bonuses. So get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. That's a plus I can get behind. Plus 200, I'll take any. Same. That's a plus I can get behind as well. Um, And of course, our friends over at BetMGM also want to hook you up right now. They have a $1,500 first bet offer. If you sign up using the promo code PHNX, all you got to do is use that promo code PHNX. You place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. And if that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Suck it, Ontario. All right, guys. Let's now take a look at what's in the box presented by Desert Financial Credit Union, Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. Oh, what's in the box? 113.97. Suns get the dub. 14 threes over 10 for uh, Miami. 44 field goals over 34 for Miami. Uh, the Suns shot 40% from three, by the way. The, the Heat shot 27%. And then from the field goal, uh, field goal percentage was 50.6 to 41 and then steals. Suns had 13 steals to the Miami Six. And points in the paint. A little surprised on this. 44 to 36 in favor of the Suns as well. Uh, they won the, the majority of the statistical categories tonight. Rebounds were even overall. 
but again, the, the difference maker ultimately was not only the threes, but also uh, the fast break points as well. They, they just did a tremendous job all the way around. Now, uh, to somebody else's point, oh my God, can we learn how to run a two-on-one fast break? I, I, again, I just... The, the fact that these guys continue to run basically along the free throw line extended is ridiculous. They teach you from day one, if, you, if, you're, if you're that close, you got to widen out to give yourself an angle so that way the, the, the ball handler can either throw it to you or force the – you got to force the defense to make a decision. But when you're this close and you're narrow that close – you're not forcing the defense to do anything. They're just standing right in between both of you guys, and they can get to either one quick uh, or jump up and deflect a pass. And this has happened far too many times this season. It's just fundamental basketball that they got to improve on. But, but, I'm sure it'll improve at some point. <sighs> I hope so. Fingers crossed, because it does get really annoying. It's like you're giving up free points, basically. It's like missing free throws, but almost worse. <laughs> We'll get into free throw shooting later. <laughs> uh, the box score, though, looking at that, it, it it came down to what we talked about in pregame, though. Can't let can't let Miami shoot well from three, mm-hmm. which they they took care of. Uh, and one thing that wasn't in there, but was in the Suns' favor, was turnovers tonight. There were a few minutes where they got a little sloppy, but overall, they they did very well from there tonight and had fewer turnovers uh, than Miami. Miami had fifteen. Suns only had nine turnovers and that led to the victory it was it was really that simple that you took care of, uh, of those two areas and you got the dub and miami was shooting 38 percent uh from three one of the tops in the game i think they were actually second in the league they only shot 27 percent tonight and that's been an area where this team struggled in uh stopping teams from there so hell of a job defensively for, to get them to go only 10 of 37 yeah and yeah. you know what steals too the Suns had 13 steals tonight to the Heat's six. And the Heat are in the top third of the league when it comes to yeah. steals. I think they average 7.7 steals per game. Um, and, like, I wouldn't say the Suns are known for steals throughout no. this season. So 13 of them is a pretty solid number there, too. Um, but obviously, it's all, like you said, that three-point shooting. Shout out to Grayson Allen once again because came in very clutch there. Unfortunately... I feel like there's a couple guys on this squad who could use a little bit of confidence boost right now, mm-hmm. and that is mostly with Josh Okoge and Kata Bates-Diop when it comes to shooting. So Josh Okoge tonight, uh, 0 for 1 from deep. KBD, 0 for 3 from deep. Neither one of them uh, hit a field goal tonight, but Josh Okoge did contribute 7 points from yeah. free throws. But it just feels like the two of them, like, I feel so bad for them. Because it just seems like they've lost their confidence when it comes to shooting. And they get the opportunities. And you know they can get more opportunities as well. But for whatever reason, they just cannot knock them down. I, I, I get what everybody's saying. And everybody's, you know, really going hard at KBD right now. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what happened with KBD on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he Obviously, he missed five shots. And, and it just didn't look crisp. But... I will say defensively, I was happy with how he performed tonight. I, I didn't think that he was sloppy defensively, got a couple steals. Um, I thought he played solid defense overall. I just, again, everybody's looking at the scoring, uh, but a, KBD has not been the one to come in and score. Now, to Espo's point that he made on the watch along, you also can't be Josh Kogi like and miss all your wide open shots when you get those opportunities because then the defense. Defensive end becomes moot because you can't hit a shot on the other end. And 
Both of those guys are struggling with that. But but there is another guy that did find some confidence tonight. It looked like he got a little bit of boost and he got significant minutes tonight and kind of surprising. And that was Drew Eubanks. Mm-hmm. Drew Eubanks got a, he got a lot of time tonight. And he he did fairly well tonight. I thought he, he had a, a, a decent game. He missed some some bunnies, of course. But, early on. Uh, yeah, yeah, early on. But I thought uh, out, outside of that, he gave the Suns multiple offensive rebound opportunities. He was he was really good on the glass, played strong. Uh, I was I was really happy with Drew Eubanks and his performance tonight. Yeah, went three of four in the second half, finished with those 11 points. But I want to go back to uh, Kata Bates-Diop, Josh Akogi, uh, and Yuta Wananabe. Tonight they were combined one of 11 from the floor in 50 minutes. To borrow a term from Priscilla in the chat, that is 100% cheeks. It sucks, <laughs> and these guys have struggled mightily offensively all year. And once this team gets healthy, when Nas Little's back, when KD's back, and you get Metu back on the bench, I don't think we're going to see Yuta KBD or maybe Josh Okoge a little bit from a defensive perspective. But I don't think these guys are going to be rotational figures. They had fallen out. They got another opportunity. And I think you know they didn't take advantage of that opportunity. The only guy that did, like you mentioned, was Drew Eubanks in the second half uh, to gain a little bit more confidence and a little bit more faith. But I think Vogel uh, is giving every opportunity to Akogi Watanabe and KBD. And I don't think they're showing him anything to convince uh, convince him that they should be in this rotation. The problem is, is that the more guys get injured, the more opportunities are going to exist for those guys all the time. Like, and we saw two tonight uh, by themselves. Well, one tonight for sure in in terms of uh, Paul Bull getting injured and twisting his ankle, and it did not look pretty. Uh, but you know, the Nurkic came out. I guess it was a contact lens, so maybe that's not so severe. So, uh, but it, this team always seems like they find a way to get banged up, mm-hmm. you know. And so when that happens. You're you're kind of forced to have to play these guys a lot more than you probably thought you were going to have to because you're right. If everybody's healthy, maybe KBD and Yuta and, and Josh Jacoby, they might not even see the floor. But it, that's just not the world we're living in right now. Yeah, but um, as much to your point with Drew Eubanks, I think Drew is probably one of the more um, necessary guys that you need to boost his confidence back up because – you're going to have to turn to Drew at points in time throughout the remainder of the season. And if this is the squad that we roll into the playoffs with, you're absolutely going to need Drew to feel good about himself and where he's at so you can turn to him in the moments when you're going to inevitably have to. Yeah, Like Drew Eubanks is one of those guys that you cannot have out there questioning his confidence, questioning his role on this team, things of that nature. Um, I think Yudoka has done a great job when called upon. Bobo, of course as of late, but all of them need to be ready and all of them need to be feeling good about themselves going in uh, to the back half of this season and then the playoffs, like I said, if if this is the team we roll with. Ted Offensive says, should we be worried about Little's knee? Uh, Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a little concerned because we haven't seen him for quite a while. Right. And we haven't really got an update as to what is going on with his knee That's the Suns, though. They don't give us Yeah, I know. And that's the frustrating part of all this is that I wish we knew. But the thing about it that feels weird to me with, okay, we'll do a little injury update here, an injury corner, if you will. The thing with Nasir Little that feels weird about it to me is that they also did this whole, like, it was on Wednesday, wasn't it, where Nas the whole day was available. 
Then an hour and some change before the game, it was, okay, wait, maybe, just kidding, he's questionable. And then immediately they're like, oh, just kidding, he's out. Like, it's been so weird how they've kind of been like, he's good, just kidding, he's not. Okay, maybe he is, but not really quite yet. <laughs> so that's the weird part with Nas's injury. And then, like you said, we haven't gotten an update. With Kevin Durant, the first two games, so Monday and Wednesday that he missed, it was just soreness in that hamstring. Yesterday, we found out it was actually a hamstring strain. But according to the Suns, KD is still technically day-to-day. Tonight, then, now we've got... So Nurk left the game, so like you said, he got poked in the eye. So that's why Nurk went to the locker room. Bobo sprained an ankle. Um, at one point in time, Bradley Beal was kind of limper, limping or laboring, whatever you want to call it, uh, after a play in tonight's game. But he stayed in the game, so that's a positive. And here's what Frank Vogel said about all three of them, right? So he said, Bradley Beal is fine. He didn't need to come out of the game and said afterward, after the game ended, that he's fine. Yusuf Nurkit, all he said is that he got hit in the eye, but it's not a concussion thing. With Bol Bol, it's that he has a right ankle sprain, but the x-rays were negative. Wow, that was quick. He called it a sprain so, right away. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's your update as far as injuries go um, from Frank Vogel. I'm sure things could potentially change once uh, we have the official word from what the team wants to put out and what the training staff wants to yeah. put out. But To your point on, on Eubanks, obviously Frank Vogel was committed to playing tonight. They didn't even dress Azubuke. So I think this was strategic to try to get mm-hmm. him back in this. And you need to because if Nurk goes down, you have no depth. We've talked about this, no real depth. At this position, you hope Bull Bull could be something. You hope Azabuke could be something. But if you lose Nurk, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So you need all hands on deck. And I like that that he went in uh, and and tried to redeem Eubanks in some way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so because at one point, like, because when Nurk leaves, of course, like it's easy you could turn to Yudoka Azabuke because why not you? You don't have Nurk anymore, <laughs> like, and no. you didn't have Bobo at that point too. But but Azubuke wasn't dressed, so right. you had no option. That's true. Yeah. I don't um, I don't want to rain on everybody's parade, or I don't want to rain on the the Suns training staff. But we did, we were getting multiple re, you know comments here in the chat, and we actually have one super chat by Psycho Blue. If we can pull that up, uh, it says maybe our training staff makes these injuries worse somehow in rehab, and that's why they seemingly deteriorate. I, I will say this. The perception is that the Suns training staff and these players are not as healthy as they once were compared to the regime prior. Um, but, I mean, we don't, we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. I hate to poop on these guys because I don't know them. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But, yeah, it feels like there's been a ton of injuries over the course of the last couple of years. And it is frustrating, uh, not only because of the injuries, but also because of the information we're given because of said injuries. And it makes it feel like it, it honestly – it puts the training staff in a really tough position when you don't just come out and say, this is what it is. Yep. Because what happens is, like, for for instance, with, with uh, KD, they say, oh, it's, you know, it's just a sore hamstring. Oh, it's just a sore hamstring. And then it turns into, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a strain. Well, a strain to me is far worse than, a, than, a, than sore. Mm-hmm. So which one is it? And did it get progressively worse? Or did you, would, did you not uh, diagnose it properly in the beginning? And that's frustrating because now it feels like the training staff doesn't know what the hell they're doing. But it's not the training staff. It's the messaging from everybody around that wants to give it to us. And that's bullshit. Just come out and say it. 
I don't know what you're hiding. A lot Just of come times, out and say it. a lot of times, unfortunately, it has to do with like the whole PR of players and teams and everything. Because depending on what the injury is, like a player doesn't want to be deemed injury prone for a specific thing. They don't want all of that information out there and stuff too. Yeah, but if like you there's miss, so many weird gray areas. I get it, but if if you dance around, you futz around with it, and then. You miss two, three weeks. It doesn't matter what the designation is. You're injured, and it's yeah. it's pretty obvious. It's it's games missed. It's not necessarily what it is. I mean, earlier in the year, we saw Devin Booker's out. It's soreness at first, then it's something, and then it changes to a different injury. Like, stop with the shell game. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Yeah. And, and you do a disservice to these guys when saying it's soreness because then it's like, oh, well, are, are they resting him? Is he just not, you know, not willing to go out there and play? What is it? Just be upfront. I, I hate the BS game, and I feel like this is a James Jones mentality kind of thing because it came into play when he kind of took over. And I don't think you gain anything. From no, it. no. I mean, listen, it's not like it changes significantly. Like if you knew KD was sore, and you game plan for KD. And then you t- you say KD can't play tonight. You think the other team's like, oh man, we really we really schemed around KD. Now we're lost. No, they're like, fuck yeah. Now we, <laughs> yeah, no, it just made it a little easier for us to manage our rotations, and we can we can handle this. So I don't think it's just because they're trying to throw curveballs left to right. You're not throwing curveballs with Nasir Little, okay? <laughs> like that's just not happening. So I don't think the secretiveness is because you're trying to gain an advantage. I just think that they're just not coming forward and saying exactly what it is. That's mm-hmm. it. Okay, and I've also always been curious about this question. I am not trying to throw shade or start a whole thing real quick, but I just want to get like a brief take from you guys because I know a lot of people point back in the day, training staffs from back in the day and things of that nature. But I've always been curious how much back in the day training staffs just across the board utilize like painkillers and just like masking type of things to get players feeling comfortable being out there because I would love, like I said, I'm not trying to throw shade or accuse anybody, but I would love somebody to deep dive into kind of like how things have drastically changed in a lot of those areas because let's be honest, we all know that the way athletes take care of their bodies, the way trainers help them take care of their bodies has changed so much. So I would just love to have an idea of what that looks like. I can take you behind the curtain with the Aaron Nelson regime, uh, which is which is what people refer to back during the Grand Hill, the Steve. Well, Nash I've even days. seen like isn't Pro- hasn't Prosky been thrown out there a couple yeah, times too? Yeah, that, 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 that was a different that, era. That, that was pink. But that's what I'm saying. That's that, the era that I'm yeah. mostly but, like, discussing fair, about. The Aaron Nelson to, era, I think, was when things started to, to shift. To be fair, with the Prosky era, though, like if you listen, it, it was definitely player dependent because EJ will sit there and tell you like he was not a big fan of taking drugs at all. He never did during his playing days. Hell, he said he had a surgery one time without any anesthesia. That's how hardcore freaking Eddie was, right? Because he, he's from Chicago. He, well, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, so it, it was definitely player dependent. But go on about your... Yeah, so, Aaron, so Aaron Nelson, you, everybody talks about that. And I think what happened was he was ahead of the curve. You had a lot of guys still from that Prosky era when when Aaron Nelson started and he was using new technology and new approaches uh, by uh, by a, a group called the National Academy of Sports Medicine who was uh, had a doctor that was on the Sun staff as well. And they Somebody used using, to work for them. I did. But they were starting to use technology 
and tracking that other teams weren't. They were using cryo chambers. They were using corrective exercise and things to help guys uh, prevent injury, injury prevention by making things you know better up front. And that's that's why he got such a great reputation because he was ahead of the curve. I think everybody else is caught up, but I also think you're seeing a lot of these injuries aren't things you can prevent. You're not preventing an ankle injury. A guy steps on somebody's foot, that's going to happen. It's happened an inordinate amount this year with the Suns, but that's going to happen. I uh, you know, things things like groins are some some minimal things, but I think these are more Injuries that a training staff can't necessarily help prevent mm-hmm. that we're seeing in a lot of this. The, the back thing with Bradley Beal was, was fluky in mm-hmm. some ways. This isn't this isn't that they're not doing the things. Now, I don't know what they're doing in the rehab process, and you can ask all sorts of questions in regards to that, and I can't speak to that, but I don't think this is necessarily – a, a prehab, they call it prehab, uh, working out, uh, working on things before an injury can occur. That's the problem here. And and again, Aaron Nelson was ahead of the curve, and I right. think that's why he got so much praise. And and deservedly so, a hundred percent. What I was bringing up was more like the Prosky era. Just want to be clear with that, like ahead of Aaron Nelson before yeah. things started to shift into I mean, what they are. I don't now. know if the Prosky era was really like that. You know, like I, that's I, what I'm I, saying. I'm not saying it was. No, no, I'm no, just no. Really what, curious what, to know. What I was going to get at was is that like I don't know if it was like really anything that Prosky was doing. I think guys were just uh, self medicating. And well, well, we we know that in the '80s with this franchise, that was for sure a whole scandal about it. I mean, and we've seen a lot of things come out about it. But anyway, I digress. Sorry, I didn't mean to take us down a rabbit hole there. But I did think that's always something that I've just been curious to know if we could see how much it kind of changed from one uh, era to the next. Well, but. Uh, the other thing I will say to end this is that uh, EJ has talked uh, multiple times on Outside Shots about. The fact that players only have like a two week training camp before they get into the season, Which is um, they talk about the the lack of strenuous, uh, you know, workouts and 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 practice loads to get your body ready for the grind of the NBA season. They've lightened that load up, so now it's not until you get to the end of the season before you're like kind of weathered on your body and you can handle the the bumps and the bruises. And he thinks that that's significant to to today's basketball player, and they need to go back to to a longer training camp. Uh, and make it a little bit, you know, less likely that players will get as injured as they are right now. Well, I think there's another difference too: is the fact that you weren't talking about uh, you weren't talking about guys with huge contracts back then, right? So if they didn't play, they were putting their livelihood mm-hmm. at risk. So That's I think true. they would go out there and play more injured than than they do now because the the economics of it were different, especially in the in the 70s and 80s. So I think that skews it too. I don't I and I don't think it's oh these guys are wimps now, but they know you know more now too on why you would hold a guy out, what the potential damage. Just look at a guy like Bill Walton that kept getting sent back out there by a Portland training staff that thought they knew what they were doing in the uh, in the 70s and it screwed up his entire foot for the rest of his career. Like there there are things that I think are just dramatically different between each of these eras and it's totally impossible to judge them against each other 
This is a great conversation. The only thing I can think of, though, ever since Saul said it, is EJ wide awake talking shit to a surgeon while he's working on him. That's <laughs> yeah, the only yeah. thing I can imagine. No, for real, that happened. You, call, you probably called him Stoop seven <laughs> times. That's yeah, for sure. well, you call you him big water, dummy. Be, uh, you bench big warmers dummy. or water boys. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> All right, guys, real quick, I want to remind you that Circle K has a free membership program that you should absolutely be a part of because it's got lots of great perks. Like, first and foremost, you save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. You save on every fill-up after that as well. You get every six free on a selection of Circle K products, and they're always sending out coupons and specials and deals. So join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. And of course, if you are looking to check out a Suns Games game, a Coyotes game, or any concert in the Valley, be sure to check out our friends over at Game Time. They are the best place to get last-minute tickets, and they are the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country, and it's for a good reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. And right now, if you download the Game Time app, and create an account using the code PHNX, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, you create an account and redeem that code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Earth, Wind, and Fire is coming to town, y'all. Get your tickets. Oh, buddy. Let's go. Let's, uh, let's get going. them. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going. Okay, before we dive into all-star stuff, I do want to talk about Bradley Beal real quickly because... Saul, you had mentioned it feels like Bradley Beal or Espo. I don't remember which one you, which one of you said it at this point. Um, it kind of feels like Bradley Beal is really feeling himself right now. Like he's figuring it out. The rough, the rust seems to be completely shaken off. I think one of the things that um, has stood out the most to me with Bradley Beal since his return, or really this is the first time we've gotten to see a lot of him, I feel like, consistently, he brings all the good vibes. He does. Like he he's a he's an energy guy in that sense. Like he I don't know, he has shifted drastically the whole vibe of this team in the best way possible. I just think it's nice to have a guy out there that can ball. You know, like he can get through the tightest of windows when he's penetrating to the to to the basket. Like sometimes I'm I'm looking at these angles and it doesn't look like he has a crease. But he finds a crease somehow, and he gets in there, and then he facilitates the other guys. Uh, somebody said it in the chat about 20 minutes ago. They said the great thing about Bradley Beal is he really does take care of the ball very well. Like even when he gets himself into those positions, he facilitates. He knows when to pass. It's like he he sees the next thing coming before he makes his move. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he's able to anticipate. And it's I, I, I'm a big fan of Bradley Beal. I have been for a while. The fact that he's now getting this opportunity to play in front of a lot more people in, in significant minutes is, sorry, is great because it's only going to get better. Like I truly believe it's only going to get better. He, his offense has still not gone up. It's probably at about seventy five percent right now. Yeah, I think there's a whole nother level he's about to get to. Yeah, tonight. I mean, he was he was fantastic. Twenty five points, uh, eleven of eighteen. Uh, nine assists, eight, eight rebounds. I mean, close to a triple-double, and it didn't – Yeah, you're right. It didn't feel like that was everything that he could yeah. do. He only went two of six from deep as well. I I enjoyed the hell out of watching this guy. As mm -hmm. long as he – and it's a big uh, if, but as long as he can stay healthy, uh, he's going to be fun to watch, and I think we're going to see even, uh, even better games from him. The crazy thing to me, though, is with, with as well as he got to the hoop tonight – uh, as as much as he was cutting like you were talking about, 
there was only one free throw for him. Only two free throws for the entire starting lineup yeah. tonight, which is crazy. That's the KD me. effect. Yeah. And, and and they were very perimeter-based today for the most part. So I Beal's got the best handle on the team. I think Beal should carry the majority of the uh, playmaking load. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like I feel like it would be better suited for this team overall. I think him and Book right now do a good job of sharing the yeah. load, but I think it potentially it it would serve us well if we put a little bit of emphasis on Beal, maybe doing like a sixty forty. But do you see? But do you start? To, are you starting to see now though? All right, at the beginning of this, it was really rough. It looked like Booker was the one that was going to be the point book and in whatever, and then slowly but surely that has shifted a little bit more towards Brad, and they're sharing the duties. A little bit equally. And when that's happened, especially in these last couple games, books productivity scoring wise has gone up Mm -hmm. uh, back to where it looked a a lot more fluid than it had been uh, before the last game. So as as long as we keep this going, I think these two are going to find a nice little rhythm with each other. Kind of like, you know, I I, kind of go back to to the last two guard tandem that I thought was phenomenal. Kind of like Mike Bibby and Miles Simon. Maybe they'll win a championship here too. Who knows? <laughs> Bear down. Uh, I don't know, but Bradley Beal <laughs> is quickly becoming one of my favorite new faces on the squad. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still Team Nurk. Don't get me wrong, but Bradley Beal is definitely a solid number two. Could potentially be one B because his shenanigans on and off the court are just as fun. Like, did you guys see tonight Bam trying to flex on him and then Bradley Beal flexing back? Mm-hmm. The rest face was priceless, by the way. But that type of stuff, I absolutely love it. Look, look, Nurk is like a rose. Beal's like an orchid. They're both beautiful in their own ways. And you can <laughs> like both for different reasons, Lindsay. Nurk is more on the social side, right? His shenanigans typically happen on social. I feel like Bradley Beal's happen during games. He's got hilarious faces that he makes he throughout does. games. He does the silly antics, and I love the way he wears his socks. Super random, but it just, I vibe with My it. My favorite face is when he's just like, something happens, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> this always, he always makes the best faces, especially to some of the officials. So, I don't know. I'm just really glad that we have finally gotten to see a lot more of Bradley Beal, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to see some more. All right, real quick. Super chats. Let's take a peek at what we got going on here. Chris sent us one. Thank you, Chris. They said, are the sons able to keep Grayson Allen this summer? I do believe they have his bird rights. They do. I mean, it comes down to how much is Matt Ishbia willing to spend? How much are they? I mean, they're going to be over the second apron, so you're going to take those you're going to take those penalties anyways, but how much of the of the additional money are you willing to spend because you get penalized for each additional dollar? You spend, you got to pay the tax. And I, Matt Ishby has shown the willingness to pay, but I think you need to be very sure that he's going to re-sign with you because, uh, and, and I hate to even look at it that way, but from a simple business perspective, if he's not going to re-sign with you in the offseason, you got a tough decision mm-hmm. to make come deadline. Do you try to capitalize on it or do you keep him for one run and know you're not going to have him? I'd be having that conversation right now even though I'm sure it's probably illegal to do so, and talking with him and going, if we offer you a a contract that matches market value, are you going to stay in Phoenix? Yeah. It's 
See, there's a lot of moving pieces around the Grace and Allen thing. Uh, Perplex Damage sent us one. Thank you, Perplex. They said, my uncle is in critical care. My 102 grandma is now in hospice. All of that's why I love the sons. I'm glad I got you guys for a great post game to keep me out of my reality. Thank you for what you do. Also, hi, Saul. Thanks, per Perplex. Perplex has been around for a long, long time. Night. He's he's definitely a diehard, and he's he's he goes all the way back to the solar panel days. And uh, I love you, bud. I hope everything's uh, going to work out for you. And uh, you know, prayers up to your grandma. That's uh, you know, 102 years old. Man. That's, that's impressive. That's a life right yeah. there. That's a life, and that's uh, definitely something to be celebrated. Uh, hopefully, uh, you guys can get through this time. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we'll peacefully. be here. We'll be here for you every post game. So, Absolutely. Always, Thank always. you. We appreciate you. Uh, Lucas sent us one. Thank you, Lucas. They said, Suns and Coyotes are officially tied in their season records, waiting for the Suns to top them. I think the Suns will put out a chat saying, oh, never mind. No, no. Do, do we, once we have a better record, do we have to have the Mullet Magician stop by? <laughs> yes, 100%. We should have 100%. the Mullet Magician. <sighs> Uh, all right. D-Nice sent us one. Thank you, D-Nice. They said, I've been very critical of coaching, but they are really moving the ball and setting screens. Offensive system much improved. I was saying this to Espo during the, the watch along. When the threes drop, the offense looks way better. When they don't, this offense looks like shit because the, the isolation – it just doesn't work. There was a point in the first half where I I literally called it out on the watch line. I'm like, look at all the other four guys. They're not moving at all. Like that that just doesn't work. But um, they did they did have some more movement later on in the game. They they started to figure each other out. I think more than anything, it's 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 kind of like when when one guy fills the void, the other guy's got to learn how to replace him. And that wasn't happening earlier in the season. I think they're starting to figure that out now. Um, but again, if you hit those outside shots, everything changes. But you brought, you also brought it up. Uh, we were talking about it when this team runs. Yes, they're, they're, it. It feels like this team is built to do that, and yet they don't, and they haven't enough. They've brought it up slowly a lot. But when they started running, it was that the second quarter or was that? No, it was early third. It was to start the third uh, because Chemezi had no points in the first half, had six straight uh, or six quick ones. And Bradley Beal had six quick ones to start the third. And that was because they were running. They yeah. were moving. And this team makes a lot more sense when they do that rather than the iso ball because there will come a time yet again where they don't hit these threes, where they struggle and they're going to look bad again if they're not if they're not running for long stretches. What I was saying in in the watch along was running the fast break, especially even on made shots, just running, running, running. Right, it gives you a little bit more opportunity to get open shots. Um, and right now, this team needs confidence. Like overall, they just need confidence. They need to get into a groove. And when you hit shots, it, you inherently feel better about yourself. Like it's just it's just what it is. And that gives you a little bit more time to figure out what's going on on in the half court set. Like the half court set right now, it can be rough from time to time. They need as many points to stay in these games as possible while they figure this half court stuff out. So run when you can to make it easier on yourself until you figure out everything. And then, then you'll finally put it all together and be ready for the playoffs. Uh, I'm Dak dude asking where john wall or kemba walker at i believe they're fully soaking in the bath yeah they can they walk they can be playing in taiwan for all i care oh, goodness. <laughs> all right we have a super chat from go to tech reviews they said fun game all around 
Not much to say, but go Suns. Thank you for sending that. Devin Booker had more to say, though, about Grayson Allen's big night. Impress. Um, I mean, you just said it. You know, he's a sniper. Um, somebody that, you know, I have a bunch of trust in on the court, and not only to to make threes, but to play make and, you know, to defend at a high level, too. So, you know, everybody's going to see the threes made, but, you know, people start running him off the line. He's not one of those guys that's one-dimensional where you run him off the line, he doesn't know what to do. He still gets in the paint, he still draws fouls, and he still makes the right play for other people. So, you know, super impressive. Grayson Allen goes hand-in-hand with Phoenix Suns the same way that Four Peaks goes hand-in-hand with Phoenix (laughs) Suns. We need to get a Four Peaks uh, can that has Grayson Allen's face on it. We need, like, some sort of a collaboration because he has quickly become a fan favorite, and I feel like it's only fair, right? It's only right if we get him his own something. That that would be a pale ale. There you go. He can have the pale ale. (laughs) Until we get that figured out with our friends over at Four Peaks. You can try their new beer that they launched this year. It's the Bad Birdie (laughs) Juicy Golden Ale. It's a collab between Four Peaks and Bad Birdie. It's super drinkable and the perfect companion at the tea box or in your fridge. So visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all your favorite beers and events. And also check them out on social at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks. And we ask that you please drink responsibly. Best part of that beer, the can turns into a, a, a bad birdie shirt after you're done with it. So. Oh, fancy. Fancy. The best part about heading towards uh, Tucson is always stopping out at Wild Horse Pass and Casino. Gila River Resorts and Casinos does it right every single time. And they have one of the best entertainment and excitement vibes you can get your hands on here in Arizona. Their state-of-the-art gaming floor has it with over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, and live table games, and Arizona's largest casino sportsbook. So you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playathila.com for more information. All right, guys. We promised we would talk about the all-star voting in the pregame show. So now we have to talk about the all-star voting. So we got... The updated uh, list yesterday from the NBA, and it's not great, you guys. Well, listen, from a Kevin Durant perspective, it's wonderful. He's second in the front court on the Western Conference side of things uh, behind LeBron James. But when we go down to guards, there are 10 names on this list, and none of them are Devin Booker, which is really unfortunate. So, Yeah, I'm sorry. James Harden, Kyrie Irving... Clay Thompson and Austin Reeves do not deserve to be on that list above Devin Booker. I yeah. I am so done with fan voting. And I know I took crap for this on Twitter, but I am done with it. I don't I I don't care for it anymore because if you live in a smaller market, not that Phoenix is a small market, but it's not LA, it's not San Francisco, like you're you wind up not having the firepower to do it. And the fact that Devin Booker uh, has a reputation that fans outside of Phoenix have disliked him uh, hurts him so much. I mean, you see Kevin Durant up there, but that's not because it's primarily Suns voters. It's guys who have, uh, who are uh, people who have rooted for him for years. It's people, you know, from the 
what four or three other fan bases he's played for two other fan bases he's played for that root for him so i you know i i'm frustrated with it i'm done with it and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna blame suns fans for this because i don't think i don't think numbers wise you can even do it I also think that the like we talked about when we talked about this last week, the the fan voting has changed so much and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not as convenient anymore to just vote like you used to be able to on Twitter. And, you know, we blame certain people for that. But um, and a lot of that is because one of how the platform has changed over the years, but also in the way that which some of these votings were co-opted by other fan bases that kind of like were brought over here or whatever but that makes it a little bit harder you can only vote once per day um over at nba.com today is a triple vote day so if you are going to vote today is a great day because your vote counts for three but i just think espo you hit the nail on the head i don't think book is well liked across multiple fan bases he just doesn't have that john morant shine i suppose you it's the flashiness more than anything and the flashiness gets more casuals. You'd think John Morant fans would like a shooter like Devin Booker. Oh. Oh. How did we know that was coming? <laughs> oh I just, look, I, I don't, it's not, it's dumb. Let the players, let the coaches vote for it. I don't even think you should let the media, let the players and the coaches vote for your all-star starters. I've said it before. Let fans vote for uh, for all-star Saturday night. If if you want fan voting, but if worse, if you want the game to be meaningful, to truly reflect the best of the best playing, take it seriously. And I hate to say it, but letting fans vote isn't taking it seriously. So either you're okay with the All Star Game being somewhat of a joke because it's a popularity contest, or you go in and you put in the best players and create an actual game. It's all trash. Yeah. It's all trash. I, I don't care about any of it. I really don't because it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. They voted a, they've, they've voted highly on other players that have zero r- reason to be in anything close to the All-Star game. Hell, they don't even deserve to be in the same state on the same day. Okay? So, Clay Thompson being on this list is an absolute travesty. Austin Reeves being above Booker is an absolute travesty. We can go on and on and on, but... The whole thing is a sham. It's been a sham. They need to get rid of the fan vote because it's useless. It's absolutely useless. Yeah. That's it. Well, hey, but Eric, you yeah. know what to do. In the darkness, beyond the light, there shall only be one. Welcome to Welcoming in now our PHNX Suns beat writer, Gerald Borgay. Hi, Gerald. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We're talking about all-star voting. Of course, you saw the numbers come out. What is, what's your take on it? Uh, I kind of feel a little bit differently. I don't like the fan vote, but the fan vote only determines half of like the starting thing. So it's really not like the bigger deal to me is if the fan vote impacted the rest of the voting, like for the reserves and everything. I think most people have accepted that Devin Booker is never going to get enough votes to be a starter in this game. And I feel like it's kind of dissuaded people from voting. I think that and the fact that like, you know, the Suns have been off to a rough start this season. Some fans feel a certain type of way about, you know, point book and 
the season that he's had when, you know, he's actually had a career season. If you look at the actual numbers, um, I do think Suns fans got to be better in supporting their guy though. Like I, I'm not going to blame the fans, but like Kyle Kuzma has more votes than Devin Booker and he's on a six win wizards team. Like if wizards fans and Lakers ex Lakers fans of his can turn out and vote for Kyle Kuzma, like there's no reason book should be having less votes than a guy like that. Or a lot of the names on this list. I know Phoenix isn't the market like golden state or LA or whatever, but you know, like that's part of being a fan is supporting the face of your franchise and a guy who is having a good year, contrary to what the past couple of weeks have felt like. So uh, I think it's a combination of factors, but I'm, I'm not fully buying into the whole, you know, people outside of Phoenix don't like Devin Booker thing. Like, People here in Phoenix like Devin Booker. There should be more than enough to get him in that top 10. That's fair. We can agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. we disagree on that. It's okay. I, mean, I know. I know, I know you're look still. At, look at the votes. Look at the votes. How? Yeah. We it's, couldn't it's, even get 170,000 votes for Devin Booker. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not, talking, we're not talking about the vote. I'm talking about the importance of the fan vote in, in general. Like, I, I, oh, I, I, I totally get that. Fine. I totally get the fact that the fans could have voted more. Sure, I, I get that. But Gerald so wants out of his house. Man, we had a nerve. <laughs> I, think, I think people do. There are groups of people outside of the Phoenix fan base who like Devin. Obviously, he wouldn't be one of the more popular players in the league, but I don't think that they have an allegiance necessarily to him in the way that, like, a Kevin Durant does. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I, ju I just don't think it's there yet. I, I'm not saying it can't be. I just don't think it's there yet to where he's going to get a ton of votes from people living on the East Coast or living in California or whatever. I think majority of it's going to come from us. Gerald's point about the local local Suns fans could have had more of an impact is correct. Yes. But I also think that nationally, people don't really care about Devin Booker. They just don't. They just don't. And people, a lot of people hate. If you go, if you look at any post of uh, that has Devin Booker related content on any neutral site like Bleacher Report or whatever, there's a lot, a lot of hate thrown his way for nothing. Hell, he could, he could save a village from burning down and people would still hate him for it. It's, it, I don't know. I and, I and the crazy thing is, is I don't even understand it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it originated. Somehow, some way, Devin Booker has been made to be this like villain in a lot of fan bases' eyes, and I just, I don't get it. It's because you know, a lot of people were wrong about him early in his career, and people don't like being wrong. Well, that's fair. That's definitely a part of it. I also think um, what could potentially be a part of it is we don't really get to see a lot of Devin's personality. That Things hurts. that make them yep. likable off the court, where with guys like Jaw, he he is not afraid to do a TikTok <laughs> dance. He's down. Listen, he's so Jaw is not afraid to do anything off the court. Stop. Gerald's face. Full stop. You know exactly what I'm talking you went about. There. But you know exactly what I'm talking about, though. I, I think it's more Even prior to all the shenanigans with Jaw, it was the same stuff, though. It's the same thing with Mikel. <laughs> And Mikel dancing and doing goofy stuff as well. You got well. a point, Lindsay. Wait, you guys are getting <laughs> on my nerves. I'm going to leave. I think it's more that Jaw is a highlight machine, though, on the court, which is, is a lot easier to, like, you're not but getting you highlight get, dogs But from you books. get the reactions from him, too. The things That's that fair. make people go, he seems fun. 
Like you get the personality no, yeah. from other some from other from some of these other players. You don't get a ton of personality from Book. He's much more reserved. Book is very matter of fact yes. on the court for sure, a million percent. Every now and then he'll give you a little. You know, he might be talking shit to another player or whatever. But he's very much like I scored. I'm going to the bench. That's it. Like we're the game's over. Whatever. Right. It's there's not a lot of uh, pizzazz in his game, if you will. You know what I mean. So. I get it from that point. That's why I said last year uh, that he needed those games where you were just like, holy shit. Like, nobody else could do that right now. You know what I mean? Like like a, like a Jokic moment last night, right? We've had games like that where, where Book has hit game winners and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, there's – it's just – it's been – it's it's a muted version of, like, Steph Curry. It's a muted version of Klay Thompson getting 37 and a quarter. It's a it's, – it's, it's just very matter-of-fact. That's the best way I can describe Devin Booker. He does his job. He does it at a very, very high level. He's the best two-guard in the league, but people don't want that. They want the – they want the sizzle. They want the fucking highlight reel. They want all that bullshit. Even if it's from a bum like Austin Reeves, they don't give a shit. They're just surprised that he can fucking do that. So I'm gonna vote for him because he must be better because he's never been able to do that. And Devin Booker does it every fucking night, and that's the difference. Yeah, I look if Devin Booker couldn't get a, get voted in in the fan vote and be in the top half of that fan vote when Kendall was tweeting about it, and I hate to say it, she like only that, tweeted once, but, but still. That some, I mean, we saw and that Kendall Kate, doesn't have as big of a cult following now. If it was Kylie, it'd be different. I mean, but he we was, saw. He was okay. in the top 10, though. He was, he's was he been in the top 10. This is the first oh. time he's not been in the top 10 guards in a while, which is the sad part. I, I agree on that front. This year in particular, uh, it, it's frustrating to not see him there. But I... I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna scream at Suns fans like they're not no. living up to anything. I, Priscilla made a good point uh, earlier in the chat that there is that extra step now where you have to sign up for an NBA ID mm-hmm. and that. And some people just don't like to do that, right? Some people. Uh, she said, "I stopped voting when they started asking to sign up. It's an extra step. I'm also an edge case because I used to design websites and I hate that shit. I mean." I, I mean, not not that that's a, an, an overarching excuse, but it is another barrier to entry. When it, it was is. a social tweet with the hashtag, it's a little different than I actively have to log into this app, sign in every day, uh, and, and vote as well. So, yeah, honestly, I signed in to vote today, and I'll be completely real with you right now. If my computer didn't remember my login and I couldn't figure it out, I would have given up. I wouldn't have gone and changed my password. I wouldn't have figured it out. I would have just been like, well, I tried. That because that's just who that's how it is with these login things. If it's not there, I'm not doing it. It's so much work. I'm gonna put the tinfoil hat on. I'm gonna put the tinfoil hat on. (laughs) I think it's rigged. I think they lost votes. We need to go find those votes. That stop uh, the count. Uh, Devin Booker actually is a top two guard in this All Star vote. They've just misplaced said votes on on the NBA app. Gerald, I, I do think you, they're being hacked. Gerald, do you think uh, Grayson Allen should be in the All Star game? And if not, how did you think about his performance tonight? <laughs> uh, he shouldn't be in the All Star game, but he should be there All Star Saturday because yeah. Yeah, he's he, having man. I want to see him in that three point contest. Um, he was great tonight, and, and I'll be writing about this tomorrow and all the different things that he's done all season. It's going to look like great timing, but I've been working on this for a while. He's been really good at just making the right play in terms of being you know, a top five three-point shooter, but also because he is that top five three-point shooter, defenses have to run him off the line. 
and they're not going to, you know, stay on him when you've got two or three of the big three out there. You have to send help at Kevin Durant, at Bradley Beal, at Devin Booker. And when they do that, Grayson Allen is optimized on this team because he can attack those closeouts because he knows how to put the ball down and get to the rim and finish at a really efficient level. Like he has been about as good as I could have asked for. Um, you know, everyone talks about Yusuf Nurkic versus DA. And really, this is like becoming the Grayson Allen trade. And I, I've been really impressed with what he's done so far. And it's only going to get better when the big three's out there. So great night from him. I'm just going to say this one time. If you listen on audio, tonight is one of those nights where you should come over to YouTube just for the comments, okay? I'm just going to put that out there. We storm Adam Silver's office tomorrow. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's not even comment night. I oh can't even God. see the comments, but I already know what tomorrow is, so I'm not even going to talk about this it. Is, this is oh, the fourth hour I've been I talking about that. on here, all right? Oh, I didn't even put two and two together on that. Oh, two shit. and two together, you get six. So. Oh. oh, my goodness gracious. How about that basketball game, guys? <laughs> Oops. Anyway, <laughs> I'll ask another question. What else did Frank Bogle yeah. say about tonight's game, Gerald, just as a whole outside of Grayson Allen? Yeah, outside of Grayson, he said he thought this was one of their best games defensively in terms of executing the game plan to be able to hold a team like that, even without Jimmy Butler under 100 points, is really good for the Suns. Um, you know, they've been working really hard recently on keeping opponents out of the paint, limiting points in the paint. They've done a good job at that. And I think five out of the last six games um, and their ball containment was better tonight. You know, that's something that Vogel has said needs work. It's something watching this team. We know they need a lot of work with that one-on-one -on -one defense, but they were a lot better at containing Miami's drives and then rotating back out to shooters, having that urgency, which is something Vogel said they didn't really have against the Clippers. So um, he was really happy on that front. And offensively, he was saying, you know, when you play basketball the right way, the basketball gods listen to you. And he felt like Grayson Allen's performance tonight, getting all of those wide open threes was a byproduct of that. Gerald, sorry. we're sorry, dude. Sorry. It's, 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 <laughs> the comments, you gotta go dude. back and read it. That's the comments. <laughs> Gerald, I know we, uh, we had read uh, what you had heard about the injury updates, but for those of us that weren't with us, uh, what do you, what did you hear from Frank Vogel in terms of some of the injuries that were out there tonight? Yeah, so obviously there was some concern because Bradley Beal came up kind of hobbled after that one play. Um, Vogel said that he's fine. He said after the game that he's fine. It was just one of those awkward plays where he kind of misstepped and his body landed in the wrong place. Um, I think Beal told reporters after the game that like 10 years ago, it's something that would have been nothing, but he's a little bit older now, but it's not something to be concerned about. Uh, Bull Bull sprained his right ankle. The x-rays were negative, thankfully, but we'll need to hear more on his status moving forward. Um, and then Nurkic took a shot to the eye. Vogel said it's not a concussion thing, um, but he probably had a bruised or a scratched eye of some sort. So we'll we'll see what comes of that tomorrow. Gerald, do you have any information on Nas Little? <laughs> like what's going on here? Because we're all kind of a little confused by his seemingly fine injury and like it being done. And then all of a sudden he's injured again. Do you have any updates for us on Nas? Yeah, so I had tweeted this out a couple of days ago, I think, but it was an off day, so I'm not, and it was a practice day, so I'm not sure a lot of people saw it. But Frank Vogel did say it's kind of like a, a knee tendonitis situation where after he plays, sometimes it just kind of re aggravates and there's too much pain 
for him to be able to play through it. Um, you know, they were saying on off days, he's totally fine. And he's usually good after he has time to recover. But with this schedule that they've been on a game every other day, there hasn't been as much time for him to kind of get that treatment and recover. So I think that's what he's dealing with. It's unfortunate for him because Nas has said, like, it feels like my career is just one random injury after another like this. Um, but hopefully once the schedule eases up a little bit here and they have, you know, the three day gap in between the LA games this upcoming week, he'll be able to uh, rest that up and get it right. Uh, all right. I think Cyber Ninjas are on the case. That's all I'm saying. All right. We're going to find the damn boat. I don't know if I've laughed this much at oh any chat God. comments as I, I have right now. Super I did not, real quick. I did not, this is like the curveball I did not see coming <laughs> until Espo started opening his mouth and going all crazy. And now the chat is, they're all rallying. They're all rallying. They're literally going to go march down the street It's going right to be now. huge. That's all I'm going to say. Let's see some super chats real quick. Leo, somebody thank you. Said, somebody needs to send the shaman guy. Leo. The Landry shaman guy. All right. <laughs> the Landry and the Come on. <laughs> Leo oh. sent us a super chat and said, I'm going to be pissed if Grayson isn't in the three point contest. We were ready to be pissed. Yeah, you're going to be mad. Uh, Cam, Storm for that Cam Johnson should have been in last year. Grayson should be in it this year. That is undisputed. Damian Lee should have been in it last year. My bad. Yeah. Cam Johnson the year before. This is, this is going to be the third year in a row we're going to get screwed. I, I promise you it's going to be. Don sent us one thing, you Don. They said, Beal is super fast with the ball. Yes. Very quick. All right, have we're going to... Wait, real quick. Uh, Gerald, have you been, like, pleasantly <laughs> surprised at how crafty um, and really how, how I don't know, I, I guess flexible, you could say, Beal has been in trying to get into crevices, getting to the rim, and then facilitating in the best of ways, to be honest? Like, that's not something that, that I expected at this degree. I know he's been able to do it before in the past, but... I, I'm, I constantly look at him and I'm like, he doesn't have the angle. And then he has the angle. And it's really impressive. Yeah, no, he's got a great combination of speed, um, craftiness, like you were saying, and then strength to finish at the rim. Like, he's a really good finisher around the basket. And that's one of the things that I think people have forgotten about or, or maybe weren't as aware of in regards to his game. Because, you know, we obviously focus on the three-point shooting. We focus on the ability to create an ISO. And he still has those things. But the rim pressure is the biggest thing that I think he brings to the Suns. Um, the off-ball cutting, he's a guy that moves off the ball a ton. Um, and watching some of his Wizards tape from last year, like, it's exhausting covering this guy because he's just running in circles all over the place until he finds a way to get open. And then he has the ability to finish. He has had some nifty up-and-unders. And like you said, it, it feels like sometimes he's going to get beat. Somebody's going to be able to get a hand on the ball and because of that, that combination of deceptive speed and strength to finish around the basket, he's really good in that regard. Um, and then also, also he's got like really good footwork on the pump fakes and spin moves and things like that. So he's, he's a crafty scorer. And now that he's healthy, I think he's going to be able to remind some people of that. He's got the best handle on the team, in my opinion. But also, Gerald, uh, I know for the last three years we were like, man, Chris Paul does two things every game that you just look at and you just shake your head and laugh at. Bradley Beal's that guy now. Yeah, he <laughs> totally is. It, it's like a, a, a thing about wearing the number three for the Suns, apparently. But like he, <laughs> he does something every game now with one of his reactions or the way that he just sits on the floor and looks at a ref or somebody. 
It's, he's hilarious, man. He is, I'm he telling is. you, the flexing thing tonight with him and Bam took me out. <laughs> like, I will probably watch that video four more times tonight and just laugh the same same amount every single time. Like, that was so funny. And the ref's face in the background was even better. <laughs> okay. Tremendous. Before we round things out, because we're going to round things out on, with a little bit of a serious note here. Do you guys have any other things you want we to chat or how have do some we go shenanigans? How do we go serious? Because, it's, I mean, listen, it's it's a love, it's a nice thing. Okay, it's nice, fine. but it's it's one we're not going to joke about. So, okay. you good? You ready? No, you got I'm all not out good, of your system? but I'll do it. Wait, right? is, is Eric ready? He has his hand up in the, in the, in the fucking Eric sky. Eric texted me about it 17 like, minutes ago. No, 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 no. I got something different. We had a new bright shining, <laughs> oh, big bright shining star for tonight. a new big bright shining star why doesn't the computer the have its glasses on damn it being so damn funny you guys were hilarious <laughs> tonight you guys have been on one lately and honestly i'm not mad at it like it's actually been really fun so shout out to you guys you do de deserve some flowers all right what's the serious okay it's not super about? serious it's just whatever uh obviously we all heard this week that ricky rubio has officially oh. uh hung up his sneakers and is retiring from the game of basketball to focus on his mental health. He's been away from basketball for a while, but he's officially hanging up the sneakers. And Devin had some really nice things to say about Ricky and their time together. I mean, I could be up here all day, you know, even though it was just one year, it was so impactful to my career and, you know, just his veteran leadership and his IQ, his approach, um, his brotherhood too. He's always somebody that would check in on you. Um, when he was on the team and even when he left too. Um, so an amazing career, someone that, you know, we've all been following since he was 15, 16 years old in Spain. Um, and he's gained respect from everybody over here. So, you know, a great career. Uh, I wish he'd play longer, but, you know, everybody makes that decision. Um, and, you know, I'm gonna miss him on the court, but he's a friend forever. Yeah, uh, and best of luck to him. He came out on, uh, on social this week and admitted that it was mental health mm -hmm. was uh, why he walked away from the game. And I think uh, each and every one of us has been touched uh, in one way or another by, by mental health issues, whether it's us personally or somebody we know and uh, the, the way he spoke, I just, I hope he finds whatever <clears throat> peace and contentment he's looking for outside the game. Uh, Ricky Rubio came at a time where we desperately needed him. Yes. Point blank, like we were, we were lost. We were going through point guards that honestly had no business playing point guard in the NBA at this level. Um, and he came through, and not only did he 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 play with purpose and, and really kind of show us the way, he showed book the way, and he and he taught Da, uh, you know, how to move around and and be in position to to really be able to capitalize on a lot of different things. And he was the necessary springboard to Chris Paul. Without without Ricky Rubio. We are too far behind the eight ball to take advantage of a, the excellence of Chris Paul, straight mm -hmm. up. Um, it, it would have just been too long of a road to try and, and go down. So, I, listen, I, I, I hope he's able to find some peace and, and, and get his mental health in order. Uh, that is always a serious thing, and, and we all know that here for sure. And, uh, you know, I love the guy. He's got the prettiest eyes I've ever seen. And the prettiest the eyelashes. I mean, too. I like, I. I like stared at him when I had an interview him one time. I was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's like I swear I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> but without him in the bubble, too, and, and that run that they make 
Chris Paul never looks at this team and goes, yeah. there's so much potential mm-hmm. here either. Uh, you know, so shout out to Ricky. Also shout out to Goran Dragic, who also yes. retired yes. this week. Another point guard that, you know, held off how uh, <laughs> the dark days for as long as he possibly <laughs> could here in Phoenix. Uh, one of the nicest guys I ever uh, dealt with uh, in terms of Suns basketball too. So congratulations to him on a on a great career. Too. They're they're great men. They're yeah. great men. Great people mm-hmm. more than they are great basketball players, and they are to absolutely be respected and, and revered for their time in the NBA and and really their time off the court because they they represented the NBA and basketball in general around the world as best as anybody could. Yeah, I've I've said this on the show before, but Goran Dragic was actually the first one-on-one interview that I ever had. I was still uh, some chump in college trying to learn how to be a journalist, and he gave me 20 minutes of his time to just ask away all these questions that I had memorized in the back of my head, and um, he was totally gracious about it. And like Espo said, during that 2013-14 season, he was phenomenal. Like there, He should have been an all-star. He was all-NBA that year. He was getting MVP chance going off for 30, 40 plus against Anthony Davis. That was one of the few happy highlights during that entire decade until Devin Booker got here. Um, And I know a lot of people held it against him for the way that he asked out a couple seasons later, but you know, he was being put in the corner coming off an all NBA season. And um, he was a great dude here. And so was Ricky Rubio to stand up individuals and very important point guards at those specific junctures in Suns history. And to be fair to Gorn, he was lied to by the front office and ownership, and that's why he felt uh, so betrayed because he had given so much personally uh, here. And uh, so he's admitted he he wasn't happy with the way he handled that, but uh, there were reasons for it. So, But both great guys, both helped change his franchise in in different ways. So, uh, So best to both of them. Absolutely. We just wanted to take a minute to close out the show and give a little love to those guys who uh, have contributed so much to Suns basketball and just individually our, you know, fandom for this organization and things of that nature. So, all right, guys, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for the shenanigans in the chat. Quick reminder, uh, the takeover. It's happening on January 16th. There's only one ticket left. Oh, there is? There's only one? one? Just one ticket left. Somebody hurry, go snag it. Hurry. There'll be more, though. So if you can't come to this one, there are more. You can find about, you can learn about all the events that we've got going on for the remainder of the season over at gophnext.com. Just click the events tab. Okay, we're going to head out of here. Now we need to address one more OMG. comment in the chat. Code said, how can you say that, Saul, sitting so close to Espo on those beautiful dark black eyes? <laughs> <laughs> They're brown, but thank you anyway. Wait, do thank we have any more code. super chats? Did I miss any? Okay, good. All right. We're going to go, guys. We're not going to have a show for you guys tomorrow, but we'll be back on Sunday. <laughs> you have a pregame show 30 minutes before the This is the smoothest the game. show I've ever been a part of. <laughs> well, because you guys always, I always say, do you have any final thoughts? And you're always like, no, no. And then I start to say goodbye. And you're like, wait, but one more thing. <laughs> for real, for real this time. Okay, you can follow the show on social at phnx underscore sons. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ, and of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo takes all. Rally the Valley! <laughs> Ahoy, hoy! <laughs>